welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Tamar. And before you get started, please make sure you hit on that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. And also leave your boy a five-star review because that really helps this podcast be found organically. So with that being said, this is our expert series. I have an amazing, amazing, amazing person that I'm excited to introduce. Her name is Rihanna, and she is a board-certified health coach, psychedelic guide, and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. She guides self-healers on a journey within to repattern their nervous systems for their wholeness. Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, Rye. That's what I'll call you. How are you doing today? Oh my gosh, Amar, so much energy. I'm thrilled to be here and to be talking to you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm excited to talk to you. And just to let people know behind the scenes, Rye has helped and coached so many of my loved ones in my in my life, friends and family. And and it's it's just it's it's crazy because a lot of the people she's helped thought they were fine. And you know, just went in there. And you know, from that being said, she has she has a different approach of coaching. I know I brought a lot of coaches in and we talk about a lot of positive and amazing things that they do. So Rye, why don't you, in your own words, explain to the listeners kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you so much for that just flattering introduction. I am so honored to receive any of your referrals. Everybody you send my way ends up being the greatest to work with. So thank <laughs> you for that. I started my journey almost 15 years ago supporting women in childbirth, breastfeeding, and pregnancy. And in that time, I became really clear that my work wasn't just about giving people information or holding their hand and saying, you got this. Although that part of coaching is so rewarding, right? Being on the sideline, sidelines and cheering someone on. My work is really about empowering someone to find their own answers, to step into their own wholeness, to not need me eventually, right? Your job as a coach is the same thing, right? I don't want someone becoming dependent on me. I'm not their savior, they're their own savior. And I love to empower someone to understand that they are healing themselves. I don't even call myself a healer. Even if someone is experiencing healing in my presence and through my work, they take the medicines that I carry and offer, and then they initiate their own healing. So that's truly the essence of what I've been up to for 15 years as the hats have changed, life coaching, health coaching, breathwork facilitator, psychedelic guide, and all of these pieces and work that I've done over the years all have come together now in what I'm doing, which is essentially offering psilocybin medicine via microdosing and macrodosing, larger doses, and um, breath work, the, the art and science of just moving air and releasing stuck and stored trauma and old junk from the nervous system. So it's a, it's a twofold approach. The psilocybin is a top down medicine, meaning we start at the brain and the mind and that trickles down to the body. And breath work is a bottom up medicine, meaning we go right to the body and it trickles up to the mind. So we've got medicines working in both directions and the results that people are experiencing makes every Every day of my job, totally worth it. Oh my God. I love that answer because what's so cool about breath work and a lot of people don't realize like the power of breath work. I mean, including myself, I was very stubborn. I did a, it was a mastermind with Rob Dial and Dean and like my, my whole mentor crew. And I remember the very first time, right. They told me, Hey, you know, do some breath work. And I was just distracted. I was like, how do you do breath work? I actually asked, how do you do breath work? Do I, am I breathing wrong? And they're like, stop freaking like thinking and just breathe. But 
the very first time that I actually did it correctly, when I say correctly, like I just was open-minded and, and, and followed the, the process, <laughs> I had things that were inside of me. I didn't realize for 15, 20 years that I held on and they released and I was banging my hand during the breath work. And it was almost because anytime I get nervous or angry, I clench my fist. And it was almost as if I banged it and I could not even close my hand after the breath work. Oh my God, what an awesome story. I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, so what I'm really helping people do is move energy, okay? And you have that energy locked in your nervous system for decades of whatever it is. We don't even have to know. That's kind of the best part about breath work. That's, that's what it was. It, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was, but I felt great. Yeah, even better. We don't have to dig up the past, right? We don't have to know, well, that time in kindergarten when this thing happened and I felt abandoned and alone, right? Beautiful to be able to process these things. And we now know that talking too much about this stuff actually reinforces it. So you want to move the energy of it from the nervous system. So energy moves in three ways. Breath, I believe, is one of the most powerful ways we can move energy. You felt that firsthand. It's extraordinary. Even three minutes, five minutes a day of this breath work, it opens the channel up, right? Suddenly people are clearer on what's happening in work. They can get in the flow state with creativity, same producing. We move energy with movement. So how do you feel before a workout and after a workout, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we move energy with sound. So, you know, for the moms out there that yell and get caught up in yelling at kids and you can't stop yelling, it's because that energy is actually starting to flow and it just feels so good. Same thing as singing on the top of your lungs in the car or the shower, right? That's energy moving. I, I think you're a singer in the shower. Yes, I, I am. That is correct. Loud, loud and obnoxious. Right. And how do you feel when that's done? loud and obnoxious and happy. And happy, yeah. So moving energy is a big part of healing in, in my world. So I'm gonna invite people to constantly be in that space of movement, breath, and sound. You know, a dance party in the kitchen where you're singing and dancing is using all three of those. A full body orgasm is using all three of those, right? Just, we want that life force to be moving when we're holding, when we're clenching, when we're tightening, when we're pushing stuff back down, that's when we're gonna get in trouble. That's when we're gonna blow our lid at something small right so constantly moving energy is a big part of this work no i love that you said that because i do it with the kids all the time i have you know four four little kids and i will like on especially on the weekends i would just blast the music and they just let them let let them get it out of their system as well as myself and we'll just scream sing dance move around but what you just said right there that energy when they gets released they're kind of like it's kind of like the dog when it takes that like <sighs> like <sighs> that's kind of like the feeling they get when they're doing that. So yeah, I'd want to share that with you. But I did want to ask you because you brought up medicine, right? You, right? Like what got you interested in that whole psychedelic world and microdosing? And why did you, what created the passion for this? Yeah, such a good question. So after the birth of my second son six years ago, I fell into a really dark postpartum place. I think a lot of moms can relate to this. And it just kind of felt like I was in a black hole and I couldn't get out. That combination of anxiety and depression, right? I have all this anxious energy, but I can't do anything with it. I felt hopeless. I felt overwhelmed all the time. I couldn't get anywhere on time. I struggled to fulfill my commitments. I was yelling a lot at my then eight-year-old, like a lot of yelling 
smiling and I just felt stuck. And I was someone with tools. At this point, I had gone to Duke Integrative Medicine. I was a health coach. I had a mindfulness practice. I mean, I was awake, right? Or at least I thought I was awake, but I couldn't quite get my nervous system, my body and my mind out of this obsessive loop of negativity, right? Many of us have been there. I'd had a failed business partnership the year before, which was a failed friendship essentially. And I couldn't stop ruminating on what had gone wrong and why she was to blame and you know how we get stuck in those places and i was i was a mess i was a hot mess amar and a good friend who i just thank to this day looked at me one summer day and she said i got something for you sister and handed me a spice jar with ground psilocybin mushrooms in it she said you need these spices right hint hint, hint wink wink now i was a cannabis user i had experimented with drugs in high school and college i was pretty adventurous but i had never used psychedelics because i thought i'm definitely the girl that will be scratching her eyeballs out right i am the girl that will think there's bugs under my skin and flip out because those were the stories we heard about psychedelics growing up right you're gonna jump off a freaking building and go insane so i always said no to psychedelics but in this particular day she said to me you only take a little bit and this was 2017 2016 there wasn't a lot that i could find on the internet even back then she said just take a little bit and notice so i began to experiment with just a little bit at a time this is how i suggest people do it as well start low and go slow you just add a little bit more and a little bit more and i will tell you amar in the two weeks when when that experimenting started my world went from black and white to color it wasn't dramatic it wasn't like a doing a big dose and having this life-changing experience but i felt a glimmer of hope and i began to really be able to see what i was stuck in through the, the lens of the curious observer and just kind of huh i really am stuck right now with less attachment to it less suffering and slowly but surely i guided myself out of this hellhole that i was in with the help of psilocybin mushrooms and from then on you couldn't shut me up i wanted to, i I wanted everybody to know and people would notice right people were saying to me what are you doing you have a a sparkle in your eye you have a pep in your step you seem okay you're laughing again you're smiling again and i shared and i was open and it just snowballed friends family clients everybody wanted to try it at that point wow thank you so much for sharing that but you said about four or five times the word stuck and the people that i coach and mentor my employees family and friends use the word I'm stuck. And then what do they do when they're stuck? They get obsessive in their brain. And as we all know, the brain goes to the negative right away over the positive. So this has helped you personally with the whole getting stuck, being stuck and getting out of being stuck. So just so the listeners understand is that the medicine helps, but it's not the full cure to get you unstuck. So can you like elaborate or give tips to that person right now who's listening, who's just stuck right now? They don't have the motivation. They don't have the drive and they want the passion, but they don't have that passion to do what they want to do because they feel stuck. Yeah, it's so common. And especially among those of us who are awake and, you know, we don't need more information to become unstuck, right? We think, well, let me just read this book about it, right? Or let me look at more Instagram inspiring posts, right? Or someone tell me what to do. Even that, even having a coach that says, do this, do that, right? And they're still stuck. They can't get out. This is largely related to the default mode network, the DMN, that part of us that is kind of our awareness of ourselves, that when we're little, when we're first born, that's wide open. We're just curious and open and full of awe 
and wonder and we form how we see the world and that becomes this network in the brain the default mode this is kind of what our ego is really it's the closest thing we can identify as ego and as we age and get older and as we have negative experiences that default mode network starts wiring in more constricted thought patterns more negative thoughts more obsessive thoughts and so default mode network isn't a bad thing but we have to we have to light up and work with the other parts of the brain and kind of let that default of negativity, that loop, that stuckness, that's what we're doing. We're in the default, quiet down and to light up the other regions of the brain. And this is exactly what psychedelics do. When they, when they image, brain image someone on psychedelics, it's extraordinary how many different regions of the brain are talking to each other and it pulls us out of that default and in, back into what it's like as a kid, wonder and awe and curiosity, those are crazy critical for growth and becoming unstuck. So yeah, the psychedelics reduce the activity in the default mode network and increase the activity in the other regions of the brain. And this is what can pull us out of that hypercritical place, right? It's like, we said something kind of dumb at a party, right? And then like, everybody forgets about it, but we go home and we're like, oh my God, for days, like I said the stupidest thing, right? And you're just stuck in that, yeah. Taking a microdose with intention, show me what it looks like, show me what it feels like to break out of this habitual loop of negativity, you will start to see evidence. And you're right, it's not just a magic pill, despite the name magic mushrooms, right? You don't just pop it back with your vitamin C and your coffee and say like, fabulous, I'm gonna have a good day now. You are the medicine right? You meet that medicine and you are doing the work. You are showing up. There's plenty of people that microdose and are like, meh, didn't notice anything, right? And they weren't necessarily, I don't, I, I don't want to say this is the case for everyone, but you have to really bring yourself. You have to show up a little bit differently. You have to be willing to sit in meditation, even if you want to rip your face off, right? Or sit in some breath work, even as painful as that is to not be looking at your phone or distracting yourself, right? The people that oftentimes don't feel much are spending a lot of time in front of screen, are not really getting outside, right? You have to be willing to break out of that. So to the person who's stuck, first, I would say try microdosing <laughs> with intention, with intention. I'm going to break down what that means here with you. And second, I would say get, get out of the same old routines, get out of doing the same old stuff. You're not going to get unstuck if you're doing it the same way. If you're starting your day the same way, how you start your day really matters. I know you probably, yes, it really matters, right? We have, we're so susceptible that first few minutes of the day being intentional, leaning right into your microdose. At the beginning, I kept it next to my bed and it was the first thing I reached for because I knew that I would set an intention and I would set my mind in the right direction. That's neuroplasticity, right? It's not just magic. You're doing the magic. Yes, yes, yes. Love that. And you bring in the energy too, girl. I'm freaking feeling it as well. I love it. Oh my God. Now you said something that I will, I have to bring into light. And you said people don't feel. I I've witnessed this firsthand with loved ones, friends, family, you name it, where they just want to numb and they get obsessive over the negative. You said obsessive about, you know, like, oh my God, what did I say at that party? Oh, they're, they're all now making fun of me. Just that like paranoia almost type feeling. And when you said, you know, they don't feel, I've seen people firsthand numb themselves with pills, numb themselves with alcohol, numb themselves even with like, I know you can't overdose on marijuana, but just being a freaking stoner all day, every day. So you don't feel every day. It's, you don't feel anything where psychedelics does not do that. So for somebody right now who is numbing themselves because they're drinking, numbing themselves and taking those pills, numbing, them, numbing themselves 
because they just don't want to feel because they don't want to face reality. Can you tell the listeners, tell me why psychedelics actually does the opposite and helps? Yeah, it's, you know, I have so much compassion for this numbing because I've been there and, you know, you don't, it's not even just substances that are, you know, illegal or dangerous. It can be sugar. It can be Netflix, right? It can be gossiping and talking about people. There's so many ways that we can avoid feeling our feelings. I think culturally we're conditioned to believe that uncomfortable feelings are bad, right? Anger, sadness, rage. From the beginning, we're told, you know, shut that down, right? That's not appropriate or go to your room if you're showing those off and strive for happy. And so many of us struggle to feel happy, which is a very fleeting emotion. And we're just think we're supposed to create this life where at the end, we're happy. Thank you, Disney. Right. And right. And we struggle with these uncomfortable feelings. I don't say bad feelings anymore. There's comfortable feelings and there's uncomfortable feelings. There's comfortable sensations and there's uncomfortable sensations. And the more comfortable we can get with the uncomfortable shit, right, the, the more capacity we have for this life, the more we can handle it right? You and your four kids, right? The more uncomfortable you get in your practices, the more you can hang with four kids and all their noise, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's an art, it's a science, it's a practice to learn how to be be with your feelings. I still have to practice it. I still have to sit and identify. Uh, I am running right now, right? I'm running right now from this feeling of grief. For me, sadness is the one that I'm like, oh gosh, I will do anything to get away from sadness. It's so uncomfortable. So, identifying those feelings can be really important taking a few breaths and just acknowledging like what's going on right now right my mind is racing i'm paranoid i'm freaking out that's not what's really going on i really feel kind of sad right and there and i don't and i don't even know why and it feels like a pit in my stomach and it feels like a heaviness in my chest and there's some energy probably to move and so taking a few breaths into that and allowing it allowing it to be there without judging it without saying what the hell why is this here i don't have time for this right all of the stuff we do all of the suffering we create in the face of a feeling instead of just i feel sad and i'm gonna feel that for a minute right we're not taught this i think our our current generation of parents is trying to teach this to our kids as we learn it and model it for them right and psychedelics do not numb So when someone comes to me and they want, you know, to try psilocybin because a friend at work did it and they felt all warm and fuzzy and happy when they microdosed and they want that too, I'm really clear with people that it has a completely different impact on everyone. You cannot direct this medicine to make it do in your system what it did to your sister and her system. It's, it's adaptogenic. It's gonna, it's gonna do and meet you where you're at based on your dosage, based on your schedule and based on what intention you set with the medicine. So I'll tell you a story. A mom of three started microdosing with me and she was really struggling with anxiety and didn't know why when she was around her kids, just feeling so anxious. And this is a former teacher, someone who loves children. And she's like, I don't enjoy, I'm not enjoying this, right? So many moms can relate. Mm -hmm. And we set her up to be successful. And she calls me three days later and says, this is bad. It's not working. I'm filled with rage. And I almost hit one of my kids. And this is on a microdosing day. So we get on the phone and we start to process and I say, what was your intention? And she said, well, I asked the medicine to show me everything I've been hiding from myself. (laughs) Wow. 
So it worked, right? The medicine showed her, here's the rage that's underneath your anxiety that you're pushing down all day long and it looks like anxiety, but it's actually unadulterated rage at some aspect of your life as a mother. And so we backed it way up, we backed her dosage way up and we backed the intention up to be, show me what it looks like to feel what I'm feeling and let it come up, right? Because the rage was so surprising and foreign and shocking to her. So yeah, you're not gonna get just warm and fuzzies with psychedelics and mushrooms especially, they can really open up and unlock what you're hiding from yourself and what energy needs to move under the surface. So not a numbing agent, no. And as we talked about before you hit record, you know, people start to microdose and use psychedelics and it's like, oh, watch out, you might quit your job, you might get a divorce, right? You might, you might, like, you can't lie to yourself anymore. These medicines are truth tellers. So if you are lying and if you are hiding, the truth will come out. That is exactly what I like, pretty much like, just you put an exclamation point, like on, on that is that you're absolutely right. It's there are miserable people living right now and they are choosing they're miserable. They're choosing they're miserable. They don't realize it. Like working in a job that they just cannot stand right? They don't realize if 2020 has not taught you anything, that nothing is guaranteed. And so the fact that you just said that right there, it, it, it definitely, you know, I, I can resonate with that because, you know, I, I can tell you right now, my passion is with the mentors and the coaching. Like, I absolutely love that. But when I hear with, when I hear their experiences with microdosing and how they used to numb and now they, all they want to do is feel, and it's like a complete 180. So with that being said, I'm sure our listeners over here are trying to ask themselves, can anyone take microdosing? You know, maybe something I can try. Like right now, that person who is just being curious right now, like I want to try it. I don't even know what to do. Rai's been doing this for so long now. She's figured it out. What is your advice besides obviously following her on social media, who she has some badass content, but we'll, we'll throw that out in the end. So what is your advice, advice to them on that? Yeah, such a good question, Amar. Is everyone a candidate for microdosing? And and bluntly, flat out, no. I don't think everyone is a candidate for psychedelics at all. If you have a history of schizophrenia, bipolar, mental illness, if you've ever been hospitalized for a psychiatric condition, you really want to be very careful with these medicines because they can unlock and, and open up spaces and places inside of you that may need more nurturing and care with a medical professional. If you've been taking SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, that's a class of antidepressants. You may not be a candidate for microdosing. You may not even feel the impact of the psychedelic. College kids call SSRIs trip killers because they negate the impact of the trip. And so you may not feel the impact of the psychedelic. That's a definite contraindication there. And the, the supplement 5-HTP is contraindicated because it's also playing along those same serotonin receptors. Besides that, if you think about it, if you research it, if you connect with professionals in the space, and decide, hey, this is right for me. It's right for you if you proceed with awareness and intention and curiosity, right? You, you can't just make up your mind about this substance and force it to be what you want it to be. You really need to go into it with, with an air of openness. So yeah, a lot of people are candidates. Currently studies around smoking cessation, alcohol cessation, fibromyalgia, Lyme disease, OCD, ADHD, depression, anxiety, PTSD, I mean, it's 
fascinating, a bulimia and anorexia. These are clinical trials being conducted right now all over the world for the impact of psychedelics, a lot of them around psilocybin on, on mental health and physical health. It's being studied for its impact on cluster headaches, like migraine and cluster headaches, right? It's like inflammation, it can lower inflammation. So it's fascinating. It's not just mental health here. We're, we're getting into physical health because the mind and the body are connected, right? We forget that. We've still got the specialists for the mind and the specialists for the body. But the more we can bring those two together, like with microdosing and breath work, the more impact, the more healing we see. So yeah, not everyone a candidate, but if you believe that you are, pr proceed with intention and curiosity and, and track. Journaling and tracking is so important to the neuroplasticity of this. You direct your healing. Right. So if you set an intention that's really clear, show me what it looks like to lead from love. And then all day long, this is one of my intentions with my teenager, then all day long, all I do is not lead from love every time I open up my mouth to talk to him. Right. The, the medicine didn't fail me. The medicine is a mirror showing me like here a lot of times it will do this here's what's not here's what's getting in the way right so someone will say show me show me peace right and they'll say oh it's so annoying right this thing keeps coming up that's getting in the way of my intention that has nothing to do with it and it's like oh does it have nothing to do with it most of the time it has everything to do with it this is the thing that's actually getting in the way of your peace and this needs to be looked at and addressed and felt and alchemized before you can get to that peace so you direct the intention at the end of the day i can sit down and reflect oh here is how i did not leap from love today i can bring forgiveness and compassion there right when we beat ourselves up we get stuck in that default we get back in that negative loop i can release any any judgment and criticism for not leading from love and then i can kind of journal around like how would i have done that differently how will i do that differently on my next microdosing day and i can direct the neuroplasticity and the medicine to work with me very specifically around an intention that i have chosen Wow. Thank you so much. You just educated me. I'm just like, holy cow. Like I'm learning a lot by that. And I even had who, you know, a mutual friend, his name is Colton, who's in the same field. And you both are just amazing talking about this. And oh, so I, oh yeah, you guys just, just, I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating how, how powerful this is. It's, it's like the biggest secret that nobody's talking about. And you and I were talking right before we hit record about how they decriminalized it in you know, in certain States and, you know, just can't just a you know candid question right here why do you think it's not legalized mm, yeah i mean it's very interesting to look back at the history of psychedelics and how it, it seeped into the counterculture and i mean i think it has to do with the government not causing yeah. people to yes there are dangers certainly drop you know taking 10 hits of acid and then partying at woodstock right there are dangers but i can take 20 tylenols right now and 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 same and situation yeah and die more people die from tylenol every year than psychedelics oh, i just threw that out there i did not know that <laughs> it just... can be really dangerous actually yes google it so so it, it, it's dang this medicine is dangerous i say that in air quotes when you are using it unintentionally and without support and guidance without the set and the setting without the proper mindset and a controlled safe setting right it, it's it, in the body is not not terribly dangerous at all right you don't there's just not many side effects 
certainly you want to watch someone taking high doses, make sure they're not moving around, that they won't, you know, faint or pass out or vomit or something like that. But certainly alcohol presents a lot more dangers to us yeah. than psychedelics. And why is it illegal? I mean, there's that great, there's that great, great quote. I probably am going to butcher it, but you know, psychedelics are not illegal because a loving government is concerned about your safety. They're illegal because they don't want you to have all of these amazing, open, free thinking ideas about who you are, about society, about structure. I mean, it breaks down what you think you know. It does not make you want to conform. It does not make you want to follow the rules. It's not going to make you a rule breaker, but it's going to expand and open your mind to the point where it's like, well, I don't, I don't understand this this infrastructure I've been given by the government, by my parents, by the school systems, it doesn't apply to me anymore. And I will say, yeah, for the last seven years of using psych, six years of using psychedelics, it's like people say to me like, well, did, did it work for you? And it's like, well, I left the suburbs I sold my house. I built a smaller house. I went from two cars to one car. I now spend all day in nature and I work for myself. Like it, I thought I knew who I was, you know, Amar. And then I really got to strip away who I was not and get real with myself. Like, this is not what I want it changes it, it just it, it makes you more you and i'm going to answer it in a in more bolder form pharmaceutical companies are the reason why it's not legalized pharmaceutical companies they'd rather you be on antidepressants and all these depression medicines and once again i'm saying this coming from my heart it's all about the pharmaceutical who supports the freaking elections and and i'll leave it at that because i don't like politics but yeah, i agree with you yeah it's profit over people and yeah, and 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 that that's what it comes down to because you know marijuana all of a sudden got legalized and the government's taking like fifty percent of the taxes. And I mean, as I said, it, it just a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm the type of person when one plus one doesn't equal two, I just kind of get obsessive over it. Like why, why, like what's going on with that? But uh, we as need whistleblowers in this world. I'm sorry. We need whistleblowers in this world. Oh, I <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. But the problem is they end up going missing. <laughs> but let's talk about um, like, because another thing that I remember, I remember, as I said, I know people who, who started into this and I was just like, how much do you take? Can you just take as many? Do I take a bunch? Do I take droplets? Like, what's the situation? So somebody right now, first off, as you said, be, be with, you know, in controlled environment. Also, I, I'm just gonna go out there like, professional like fry or anybody else like reach out to them before doing it i'm just gonna say that but now like portion control like you know i'll use the term portion control like anything else like you know if if i'm gonna drink 12 beers i'm gonna definitely feel more than i'm gonna feel one beer but that's definitely not the case with psychedelics so can you talk a little bit or maybe it is i would love to hear your take on portion control in psychedelics yeah great question and and there's a lot of dosages between a microdose or even a nano dose. That's a term like negatable, like the teeniest, tiniest dose you can take and all the way up to what they're giving people in the clinical trials and what you can take with an underground guide to have a huge transformative eight hour experience. There's infinite doses in between to explore. And so the, the phrase start low and go slow has become very popular in the psychedelic world for good reason. You don't want to just, I mean, if you're caring for children, if you're operating heavy machinery, right, if you are showing up for a job, if you're going to drive your car, right, you really, and all of these are safe with a microdose in your system, but everybody needs a little bit of a different dose. And we call the dose that works for you your sweet spot dose. And your sweet spot might change from the first time you microdose to the 150th time that you microdose. So you've got to be attuned to yourself and what you're noticing as you dose, as you titrate up. You could chew on the corner of a little mushroom 
mushroom for your microdose. It's better if you have a scale, if you're weighing, if you're being precise about this. I use a liquid psilocybin tincture and so each drop is a dose and you can titrate up drop by drop to find your sweet spot. And then once you found your microdose, what I did in my first two years of working with the medicine is every six to eight weeks or so, I would just take a little bit more on an afternoon when I had space. My kids were with grandma, you know, and my husband and I were just hanging out. It was a beautiful day. I'm on the back deck and cultivate a relationship with the medicine. Start to explore and feel into what a slightly bigger dose feels like. Bring some ritual in, have a burn ceremony, go for a walk, sit under the stars, light a campfire. Nature is such a powerful portal to feeling this medicine. And so many people who get stuck who are, you know, in front of the Zoom room and on screens all day can't feel it. Maybe because they're not out in, in an environment that gives them access to more of the sensation. So yeah, dosage is very, very individualized and can be, you can grind up whole mushrooms, powder them, put them in capsules. I know people that put them in their morning coffee, stir them around. Yes. Yeah, totally. So it, it's best taken in the, the, the earlier part of the day. It can be stimulating and you want to be awake for the impact of it. Although I've had two or three people tell me recently they take it before bed, have the most amazing dreams and wake up feeling different. So maybe it's working in their sleep. They have it's good dreams. <laughs> Exactly. You've just got to be willing to play and be careful and go slow and be metered about titrating up. This is why working with a professional or a guide is is recommended, especially if you're, you know, have a lot of responsibilities and you want to incorporate this into your everyday life. You want to be super intentional. Yeah, no, I I I 100% agree with you that. But, you know, we brought up now we said we brought about having, you know, you said start start low and slow, right? Now, People right now who are listening, are like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to be a transfer addict. Now go from here to there to psychedelics. Now, can you get addicted to psychedelics? And like, what is like, or dependent, I should say, addicted and or dependent. Yeah, that's such a good question, Amar, and I think such an important conversation to have. Technically, on paper, no. The, the psychedelics are on the schedule one next to addictive substances like crack currently, and, and that's what makes their placement there so utterly ridiculous to people who, are, who, who study and understand psychedelics. They don't at all have the same addictive capabilities as something like crack or cocaine, and you know, anyone who's ever taken a large dose of mushrooms knows the next day, if someone was to hand you some mushrooms, you're gonna be like, oh, no, thank you. I don't want more mushrooms right now. I had a big enough mushroom experience last night. I need like six weeks to process that before I have more mushrooms. Generally not, not addictive. That said, I think and I have felt for myself, you can develop a real affinity for the experience of working with the plant, right? It's like anything, you can develop a connection with the plant and you can kind of feel itchy. I can sometimes like, man, I wish it was a microdosing day, right? Because everything might feel a little bit sparklier if it was. And the beauty of microdosing is that you cannot dose every day. It will stop working if you dose every day, right? Mm -hmm. so there's this built-in kind of self-correcting thing with it where you have to take time off if you really want to feel the impact and you don't want to just dull and become more and more and more 
used to it. So it'll, it'll give you diminishing returns if you do. So at least two days off in a row per week. And that's, that's the minimum amount, I would say. Generally speaking, microdosing two to three days a week will put you in a nice rhythm with the medicine and allow you to have those breaks so you don't become dependent. Awesome. I love that answer. So good, good, good. And you're, yeah, you're the, the fact that you don't take it every day is even better. I feel, I feel that because once again, you get to process and doing that because I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. And I would love your take on this is that people want to go through a, what they call a journey, right? I need to go through a journey. And I know close to me, actually, he said that he died and came back to life. I'm not going to lie to you, Rye. I was like, what the... <laughs> the hell did you take dude like you just kind of freaked me out but he's like no 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 you don't understand Amar. like this was something that i needed that i avoided and on top of that quit drinking alcohol quit smoking pot smoking cigarettes i mean every bad habit possible from this journey so first off what is a journey and why do people use the term i died and came back to life yeah, that's such a good question. And what a fun story from that person. Yeah, another reason the pharmaceutical companies have no use for this medicine, you can use it two or three times and heal, right? It's like, there's no profit in that, you know? Yeah, he's done. He's done with psychedelic. He's done. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I didn't even mention that part. He finished. Yeah, his, mm -hmm. yeah it's extraordinary. If, you're, if your listeners haven't watched How to Change Your Mind on Netflix, that's a four-part series. And in the psilocybin one, the, the, a guy with OCT talks about going on a journey and right at the beginning of the journey, boom, he dies. And so first, let's let's identify what a journey is. It, it, a journey can happen with psychedelics or without. It, it just refers to going within and having this very fit experience with yourself. You can have a breathwork journey. You can incite this while you're breathing. You had a journey when you were pounding your fist on the ground, like you went somewhere, right? You went somewhere and you, you released something. So that I died thing is someone letting go letting go of that old way of being, letting go of all of these ideas that they had about who they were. It's the default mode that we're basically going like. My wife actually was just like, you look lighter. Like yeah. when I came back from Texas, she was just like, Amar, you look lighter. And I didn't, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it. Boom. It's one of my favorite things. I help people journey with just a microdose and breath work. You don't need to take a huge dose. And when you combine those two things, my favorite thing is when someone sits up when the hour is over and I look in their face, it's like, oh, you totally look different. Just like Shannon saw with you. Yeah. Going within, a lot of times there may be an eye covering involved to make it easier to go within. There might be music being piped in with Bluetooth headphones to really help you have that intimate connected experience. And my belief is that you need to release something in order to receive something. It's like trying to put fresh organic vegetables in a refrigerator that's loaded up with old rotten food. And we're just trying to shove the new food into the fridge and say like, everything's good, everything's better, right? Or a closet, more clothes, new clothes shoved on top of the dusty old out of style clothes. And it's like, you gotta take the crap out. You have to take the garbage out if you wanna receive something totally new. So that I died thing to me is someone really letting go and releasing and making space for that new to come in via the journey experience. Why is it so hard to let go though? Like, you know, when, when you hear, cause I hear that a lot, like let go, let go, let go. And I know there's a lot of inner child trauma. I know there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of factors into that, but why does it, why does the journey or, you know, working with you help that versus what people tried previously? And I, and I'm just gonna be very candid. I know people who tried therapy, which I, therapy, I think is amazing, but what they've done with working with you, they've actually been able to let it go. What's yeah. the difference? 
Yeah, such a good question. I think you hit the nail on the head with inner child and fear. I think people don't feel safe to let go. You know, we don't know what's going to be there, right? It's like, it's like falling off a cliff. Will I be caught? Will I be safe? I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know who I am when I let go. People are afraid of the journey experience because they think they're going to go insane and they'll never be the same again, right? Afraid of taking the mushrooms, right? I'll never be the same. And it is hard to let go in the day to day. I think that's a function of the nervous system, as I said, and safety. But when you get in a safe container, and you have a guide and you have someone supporting you that you trust, you can start letting go and trusting yourself. So I'm holding the bigger container. I'm holding the container of safety. I'm letting the person know you're safe to put a blindfold on, right? Which is super vulnerable stuff, right? What are you going to do? What's going to happen? What am under this blindfold, right? You are safe to, to let go. I often have to cue someone. I enjoy cueing someone to feel the back of their body lying on the ground. It's really powerful to lie on the ground for your breathwork journey. Were you lying on the ground? That's what, that's what I did, yep. Yeah, when people even in Zoom, they want to get on the couch, they want to get on the bed, and that's fine. But the couch and the bed are associated with just rest and zoning out. When you lay your whole body on the hard surface of the earth, on the ground, you feel that support, right? You can feel that you are held and you can let go. Different from being on a cushy mattress where you're just sort of folded into the space. So, so yeah, there's this physical piece to letting go, a somatic piece to letting go when you can feel your, your back on the earth. And there's having that guide and that support holding the space so you're safe to let go. And then there's the part where you just, people really care about if they look dumb right? Let go, let go. But, but I'll have snot pouring out of my nose, right? My face will get all splotchy and red and I'll be crying and I'll be embarrassed, right? Yeah. Once you take some psychedelics, you kind of lose a little bit of that caring what people think about you and you are just raw and real and at the essence of who you are and able to, to grieve and to let go of all of that stored energy and trauma in the nervous system. It's a process letting go. Some people are better at it than others, right? That guy who let go in his journey, boom, what a pro, right? He was like screw it i'm like yeah i'm just gonna die the same as the guy on how to change your mind he just falls and completely dies and then he's reborn as a tree it can be a process some people need to chip away at it and this is why microdosing is so beautiful especially for someone that's not interested in taking a larger dose of medicine it's okay it's like taking a larger dose but spread out over time and just chipping away slowly practicing letting go little by little and then even in the breath the exhale is the letting go some people are great at the inhale and then want to just do a half an exhale and then Come back to the in inhale, and that's anxiety, right? We're just pulling in and pulling in and pulling in and ah, completely letting go is the harder part for some of us. No, so you're absolutely right. Because I remember when I was doing breath work, they were like, sigh it out. And I'm just like, they're like, no, sigh it out. I'm just like, ah. like, sigh it out. I'm like, ah, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yes. I I know exactly, exactly what you mean. So I'm, I'm definitely one of those. But as as we wrap this up, right? First off, we could go on for hours. This has just been amazing. But how can we and the listeners access more of your work on just microdosing and what you got going on? Because as I said, full transparency, I have recommended many people to Rye because of stuff that they were stuck with. I know somebody really close that just left a toxic relationship for years because of the work with Rye. The problem is though, I know if you don't want the truth, then don't even bother dealing with Rye. Don't, don't, don't reach out, don't contact her because it's all about feeling, being felt and moving forward in your life. So how can we access more of your work and, and learn what's going on with what you got going on? 
Oh, Mar, you're so sweet. I so appreciate the faith that you have in this. Yeah, get ready. Get ready for truth telling if you're dabbling in psychedelics and breathwork <laughs> journey work. So I spend most of my social media time on Instagram. I'm pretty active in stories. The first Sunday of every month, I do something called Breathwork Church on Instagram. It's just a live feed of a breathwork ceremony. I kind of take you into a 10 minute, 15 minute flavor of what a journey feels like. So if you're new to journey work, but you're feeling like, I don't wanna lay down on the ground and put on an eye covering and go somewhere else for an hour or two, Breathwork Church would be a perfect place to just feel what it feels like to move a little bit of air. You can come with a microdose in your system or not, doesn't matter. You're gonna feel the impact either way. And I just love, that's my service to the world. That is that is my free service to the world. I will do that for as long as I can. Let's see, my website, ryanabatiste.com. You can click around on there to see how to work with me for breathwork, microdosing, or both of those things. And I'm actually in the early phases of doing a microdosing study, Amar. I want to study the impact of microdosing on trauma in the body, on everything that we just talked about, on the impact of, you know, that we're all feeling after the last couple of years, anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD, all the, all the things, all the disorders, right? I'm just blown away by what my clients are coming back and sharing with me. And I'm like, I, I have to be part of this conversation. I have to be part of the science. So I'm working with a team. We are building out the surveys right now and the structure of it. So I will include a link. If your listeners are interested in being considered for the study, I would love to, if you could share that with them. Absolutely. We'll have her website, Rise website and the link for for this amazing, amazing study. That's really exciting. So Rai, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy day and finally getting able to have you on the Leaders Life podcast because it's freaking awesome. You, you've helped me, you helped my loved ones. And I just want to say you are appreciated. You are just an amazing soul. And thank you so much, Rai. Oh my gosh, Amar, thank you so much for having me and keep up the good work. You rock. And that's that. Thank you all so much for showing up and listening. Please make sure you click on that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out and share this with your family, friends, and tribes on Instagram at Leaders Life Podcast. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? I hope you all have an amazing, amazing rest of your day.